0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Celtics Pod podcast. We're hitting you with a quick news reaction. I'm joined by what I'd like to consider an all-star cast. I've got Mr... Jeff Clark founder head of Celtics blog we like to call him the blog father and then we've got our resident superstar cap expert and all things NBA savant Mr. Keith Smith what's going on guys How's it going Adam yeah not what I expected to be doing this morning I wasn't (laughs) expecting a uh, Celtics
0: signing out of the blue here on a uh, Friday morning but here we are
1: and that signing was somebody that I don't think any of us were expecting right so we've heard Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins. We even saw some things floating around there about possibly going for Carmelo Anthony. And then out of the blue, Brad Stevens does what Brad Stevens does, just a shrewd, <laughs> I'm going to take this guy, and in comes Blake Griffin. So before we even start looking at how this affects the team or the rotations, I just want everybody's initial, like, first four seconds of brainwaves after they saw that uh, report. <laughs> well,
2: my first, imp- my first thought was, wait, what? And then the, the second thought was Celtics fans are going to get really excited about this name. And I think we got to make sure that we understand that the, the Celtics are not going to be rolling in a Kia for him to be jumping over. Uh, I think Lucky's job is very safe in terms of the, the halftime entertainment. So um, wow. he's a little bit more floor bound these days, uh, but uh, hey, he's a talented guy. He's forgot more about basketball than I'll know. So happy to have him on board.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it was very similar. It was, huh, that's interesting. And then, sure, why not? I said, yes, it doesn't, you know, there's, it's not going to hurt anything. Um, I do think, uh, without getting too deep into it, this does show ownership's willingness to pay the tax, um, which is good because even though this will be about a $1.8 million uh, tax and cap hit initially with the penalties, it's going to be you know, it's called roughly double that. Um, So that's, that's, that's important, you know, that we've got an ownership group that is, uh, you know, that they're, they've said, you know, hey, we'll keep paying, we'll keep spending. And I think that's uh, been proven this off season, which is, uh, you know, really good because there were definitely questions about that uh, over the last few years.
1: So my first impressions, and then I really want to look at this cap stuff. My first impressions was, Blake Griffin needs to be on the cover of, do you know the podcast by J.E. Skeets, No Dunks? Mm Mm-hmm. So that should be Blake Griffin's fucking here on He should be the co-host moving forwards. I do think that he gives you a body at least. He can rebound still. Like there was definitely a stretch when he was in Detroit where he could shoot the free ball quite consistently. Can he still do that now? Is he kind of the quintessential Gallo replacement where his mobility is gone but he can just knock down a few shots and then use his size to be at a presence on the glass? If he can do that for 1.8 million it makes sense, right? But at the to tax it as well you have to start saying to yourself well nobody who was available on the free agent market is really going to give you close to that 8 to 10 million dollar range of impact so when we look at all the guys available was Blake Griffin the closest replacement that you were going to get to Gallinari in size positional versatility and being able to just knock down a few threes i
0: i, I think so um i think Carmelo Anthony would have been the more um traditional offensive replacement for Gallo. Uh, I think he's a more consistent shooter. He's also much like Gallinari. Um is very good at uh really kind of taking smalls down and backing them down and shooting over them. Uh Mello can still do that. I think the difference is Blake can defend a little bit at the 5. He's not a great defender by any means, but he's a pretty solid positional guy. He when he plays enough, he's regularly near the top and charges taken. Um, in the league. Plus he's, he's bulky, right? So he can still bang um, with other fives. Mellow's not going to do that. That That's not what his game is. That's never been his game. So I think this team probably got into the early days of camp, uh, probably some of those informal scrimmages and looked and said, yeah, we need one more kind of big body um, here. And I think when the, the right people instantly go to then Why not DeMarcus cousins? Why not Dwight Howard? Somebody like that. Well, those guys don't, they can't really pass. Neither one of them are very good screeners. Um, neither one of them has, you know, consistent shooting range cousins does a little bit, but cousins can't move on defense at all. And Blake can at least get in front of guys on occasion. I know everybody's already queuing up and I'm seeing all over Twitter, the uh, highlights of Jalen Brown <laughs> uh, destroying him in last season's playoffs. Well, that was after Blake hadn't really played for about a month. And it's Jalen Brown. Of course, you know, he's going to destroy a guy like Blake Griffin uh, and on switches. So, you know, but overall, hey, this is, it's fine. It's not, you know, I don't think this changes uh, anything as far as title odds go or anything like that. It's just another veteran on the bench that uh, Joe Mazzulla can turn to and say, all right, hey, get in there and give me 10, 15 minutes and, and they'll probably be okay. Yeah, and it's kind of a
2: roll him out there and see what you get this uh, on any given day. I think he's still got the potential to have an impact, a positive impact on a team on occasion. Like, you know, he may come out, you know, get a couple of charges, grab, grab a couple of rebounds, hit a three point shot or two, but then there's going to be stretches where he's just not, he's not effective. So um, it's one of those things where he's had a long career. He wants to be a, 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 contender he wants to be on a contender contributing to a, a title team essentially that's what he was trying to do with the nets and um, so now here he is and that kind of as a side note that kind of validifies the the notion of hey build a build a great team and, and watch the veterans come um see how that plays out in, in the future years as well but you know I, I was thinking too like you know he's shown that he can shoot from outside like he Granted, last year he only shot like what twenty six percent, so that's not really draining him. Um, but in the past, he's been hovering around thirty eight plus um, percent from outside. So I think it shows that he has the capability of of hitting those shots. So again, like you know, just like with a with a one of the younger guys at the end of the bench, it's like roll him out there, see if he's going to make a positive impact, see if he does well in particular matchups, forces someone to change their their rotations and bring in someone else. And when it's not working anymore, okay. Yank, them, get them out of there and bring in
1: someone new. So another thought I had, and uh, this was kind of like a fleeting one at the time was does Blake Griffin being added to the roster hurt the chances of some of these young veterans that Brad Stevens is trying to bring through in training camp, most notably, I can never pronounce his name, but is it Samanich? You've got Noah Vaughn, those two are probably the two biggest losers here maybe Jake Lehman as well. I've said that he's probably the most complete player in training camp, but if he can do, he's basically what you want Sam Hauser to be, but Sam Hauser to be better. So those three guys, in my opinion, this this assigning actually hurts their opportunities of making the final roster. But for Boston, it's definitely an upgrade because like you say, it's a guy with, who's coming to try and win a championship, brings like all those years of experience into the rotation. And that was, a far better avenue to go down with everything that's happened over the last few months in terms of injuries and turnover, then bringing in another guy that's still trying to build that experience and that resume.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it hurts at least one guy's chances. Um, but, you know, here again, like Blake's shown he's, he can do it in the past a lot of these guys, they just haven't shown at the NBA level that they could do it. They all had promise. So they've all had you know, the potential. They just haven't shown that promise. So going with the guy that, that has that, that, that on his, um, on his resume that showed he could do it um, and, and being able to plug and play that person, that, I think that's just a more valuable asset at this time. But, Keith, I know you've got some thoughts on this too.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's a really good point. Yeah, Adam and Jeff, I think it is, uh, very likely now someone who maybe had a pretty good chance of making the squad is now not going to, um, there's just the, the reality is given where the tax bill is at. And then if you want to add money later on in the year via trade or something like that, you're probably not carrying 15 players right out of the gate. My guess is they're only going to carry 14 and they'll use, uh, uh Davison and, uh, and uh, Gaelic quite extensively on their two way deals initially, if they need to um, until we start running into games, played issues with them. But I think what we're really going to see here is now, now they're up to 13 players essentially on, Full or partially guaranteed deals. Luke Cornett. If you're starting uh, with this, running with the starting group at the opening, you know, training camp, you're not going anywhere, right? So we we know he'll be there as well. Al Horford's deal might as well be fully guaranteed at this point. He's obviously not going anywhere. And now you have Blake Griffin. So that means they still have to add one more guy. You can only go under fourteen for a couple weeks at a time. Um, So they'll they'll definitely break camp with fourteen players. I'm just not sure they're going to go to 15, and then that becomes very interesting to see where they go with that 14th player. I've long assumed Noah Vonley probably had a pretty good shot at uh, making this final roster. I actually, my own personal projections, thought it was going to be Vonley and Lehman. I thought those were the two guys because I thought they both felt needs uh, for this team. I don't think both of them make it now, though. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, where this goes from here, but uh, it's definitely, you know, I've already seen some speculation online of, well, maybe Griffin doesn't even make the team. He's signing a fully guaranteed deal. They feel good enough. He's got to be on the roster at least, in the year. Now, if we get to the holidays and he doesn't look very good and he can't hack it anymore, it's
1: a minimum contract. It's just a taxi. You wave him and you move on. And that leads us to another concern, right? Because you've just named a few different bigs. You named Luke Cornett you named al horford you named blake griffin none of those three scream switchable defense to me. (laughs) They, they, they just don't so now it's like okay so are we looking at at least until robert williams is back whenever he comes back are we looking at more of a drop defensive coverage and at which point where does blake griffin fit into that because Cornette's got the size and Brad Stevens has always been so complimentary about his ability to go straight up when challenging shots instead of jumping into guys. You've got Al Horford that's just exceptional at pretty much anything he decides to put his mind to. And his his defending via angles is fantastic. It's why he looks so ageless. And now you've got Blake Griffin that doesn't look ageless but can still give you some size, (laughs) right? So I'm just a bit, like I'm thinking that one of the biggest, most significant changes we're going to see uh, in in this early Missoula era, is going to be that move away from that switchable defense, not because not by choice, but by personnel.
0: Go yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Jeff.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that you know, the the NBA is not kind to people who are not flexible. So, no matter who was coming in, even if Robert Williams was hundred percent and Al Horford had taken some more youth serum that that he's storing away. Um, we weren't going to be switching the whole time. I think you have to be able to do drop coverage. You have to be able to do, you know, mixing matching of those two um, as the situation demands, as as matchups demand, and then, you know, throw in a little wrinkle of of both switchable and and drop. I mean, they're gonna to have to expand their repertoire. They couldn't you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect the league's not gonna catch up with you on it. So I, I fully expect them to to do some more drop coverage and it sounded a little bit like that's what they're trying to uh, to do a little bit heading into camp anyways um even if it was even if we were still with the coach who shall not be named um the the yeah i I mean keith i'll I'll hand it off to you in terms of the the rest
0: yeah i i think to kind of add on to what jeff was saying i do think we're going to see a lot of changes in the way they cover uh things on the defensive end i do think i just wrote this today in a piece i wrote about the rotation and lineups i think what we might actually see them do is play there so we remember right, when this team took off last year they moved rob into kind of that off-ball baseline rubber role where it was kind of it, he was nominally the Defending the like weakest shooter on the other teams, but what he was really doing was everybody was switching around him while well, he covered the the weak side corner and then he came in to help regularly um, on whatever driver was there. I think you could put Al Horford into that role, have Cornette play the the uh, up big. So he's he's defending against the pick and rolls. Um, Cornette's actually, he, he can move his feet just enough that he can show he can recover a little bit. Yeah, he's not going to defend Steph Curry on a switch on an island. That's not going to happen, um, nor anybody who can get really downhill. But then you put Horford in the Rob role and let him kind of roam. Plus, it keeps Horford having to do the banging with the Joel Embiid type of centers and those kind of things. Things. So I think we're going to see some of that. I think, you know, obviously we're going to heavily see lineups that feature Warford and Grant Williams um, as the two bigs in the front court. I was surprised last year, those that grouping along with Brown, Tatum, and Smart, um, that five man lineup was actually bad. Um, it wasn't very good in the regular season or in the playoffs. They were negative um, in both uh, cases. So that's a little odd um there, but we'll see you know, where that that goes ultimately there, not a lot of minutes to to really draw definitive conclusions on. Um, but I think with Griffin in the mix now, you're basically saying, Hey, we're going to do the same sort of stuff. It's a, it's a, take uh, play Horford a little bit more off and away from the primary actions, let him function as the helper. Uh, Griffin comes in, um, you know, probably plays similarly to uh, the role Horford had last year, where it's you play up to touch, uh, you you help hold, and then everything scrambles or recovers around. It's just going to be the problems when those really good teams that draw those straight switches, that's going to be it. But that's where I think if you're Joe Missoula, you trust Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford they'll get them scrambled out of that they'll they'll get it switched back they'll get it covered uh, however they need to it's just going to be against the very best teams where that could be an issue but again i hey you're really talking we got to get through the first two three months of the season and then things start to slot back to normal. And that's where you know if Blake Griffin becomes a 10 to 15 minute a night guy off the bench you could do a lot worse
2: And remember, too, like last year, um, the, the the team essentially used the first two months to install a switching defense. Like that was the, the learning curve, and they actually did very well e- even early on in terms of the defense rating and stuff like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of new wrinkles they they install with this. I was also going to say, too, that um, fundamentally, two big things, Robert Williams going down with an injury and Malcolm Brogdon being added to the lineup the the shifting of the power dynamic goes from the double bigs to guard versatility. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like, you know, I was, I was saying this before, like, you know, anytime you're looking at a roster and you want to know, well, well it's it's not just like take Robert Robert Williams out and putting Luke Cornett. That's not how it works. You circle the top seven players on your roster, maybe the top eight, and then figure out how to best utilize those guys. And then you can then kind of go out to the, to the ninth, 10th guys on the, on the roster and incorporate them a little bit more. And then that's going to determine your rotations a lot more than something like, you know, this is what worked before and we're plugging in a new person. So you're going to want to use Malcolm Brogdon a lot. That means you're going to be guard heavy a lot of times. And that doesn't mean Brogdon's coming in and getting Pritchard minutes. He's coming in, he's getting Malcolm Brogdon. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they, they change up the dynamic with that. And even at full strength, what that rotation looks like, it'll be very interesting. And even more so, I think, You know, like I said, it's like with Robert Williams out, they're going to have to lean into this, I, I hesitate to call it full small ball, but leaning small, small adjacent. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're just getting reporting now. It's just coming through from our buddy Jared Weiss that Luke Cornett has a sprained ankle and he'll oh. be out a week or two. So if, so that may be a little bit more urgency towards a signing like this with Blake Griffin, because if Cornette is out, then we're in a position where, yeah, you're really thin up, up front. And it's you definitely want to have something because two weeks, that's almost right to the start of the regular season, we're really 18 days away uh, from that first game. So if this is something that lingers, then yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. My guess is, you know, they'll, you know, more minutes for Grant Williams at least initially until Griffin's up to speed and ready to go. But all the reporting is he looked good in these workouts that the teams went and watched him play. I know a couple other teams at least put him on their list, kind of their emergency list of guys where they were they were open if they needed. And yeah, here were the Celtics with a need and maybe more of an urgent need than what we thought initially.
1: Yeah. I think that with everything he's gonna to bring to you in short spurts, I I'm not expecting fireworks. I'm not expecting Glob City Blake Griffin. But with what he gives you in, in short spurts in terms of that size, the shooting, and as you said earlier, he's actually one of the better screeners that was available, which is always an underrated skill. You could do a lot worse, right? And yeah, I'm of the belief that one of some of the stuff that the Celtics did against the Warriors defensively, like playing one through four, switching with five in that shallow drop, coming up to touch and then dropping... When I say shallow, it's so you're further away from the ring. That was actually quite successful in taking away drives off, off a lot of ball handlers. And I think that Blake's size and length can do will do fine there along with Luke Cornett. And as you say, once Robert Williams comes back and things start slutting back together, I'm assuming they've solved Blake on the fact that your your spot in the rotation will shrink as the season goes on. And then I just hope that everybody's uh, everybody's. Symbiotic, symbiotic in there Just we're willing to sacrifice minutes in order To try and get back to that finals
0: Yeah that's huge right you can't Bring Blake Griffin in if he doesn't understand You know hey when Robert Williams is back You're a 10 minute a night guy. And and at this point in his career I think He showed with the Nets too he gets that yeah. Right I, I actually You know for all that where we're, we're beating up on him a little bit for his struggles defensively in that first round playoff series. The fact that he went from completely out of the rotation to when Steve Nash was just throwing stuff against the wall, he did give them good minutes. In, in, and yeah. I think to Jeff's point, he gave them those good minutes and those short bursts uh, here with the Celtics play him five minutes out of whack, you know, maybe two, three times uh, a game. You're, you're probably getting the best out of him that you can get. I'll also say this too. It's become increasingly important, whether it was under Brad Stevens, under Ime Udoka, I would assume it'll continue under Joe Missoula. The bigs have to be able to pass. Um, Otherwise, the offense just doesn't function the way they want it to, because that's how you are able to work and set up guys like tatum and brown to work a little bit off ball work into their favorite spots to catch uh blake griffin is one of the best passing bigs uh, easily he's probably the best one available on the market so he'll slot right in there and you can run a lot of the same offensive actions with him yes he's not catching it five feet above the square like rob not anymore uh, at this point in his career but he can still run those same actions because he can still catch and finish around the basket yeah and and circling back around to the point earlier too, like
2: he's a he's a veteran who's had deep playoff runs in the western Conference um and we have a rookie head coach, and he's gonna need someone he can rely on, yeah just someone he just plugs in there and is learning on the job he needs someone who he knows can can you know understand the situation is not overwhelmed by the circumstance um yes, he's gonna be sitting for you know weeks at a time and then coming in and being asked to. To guard Joel Embiid for crying out loud, but you know that that's that's you know that's part of the part of the game, and he'll be ready for it. He won't back down from it. Uh, he won't always perform as well as he used to, but he, he's got those short bursts where I think he can.
1: Anyone got any final thoughts before we uh, let everybody hear, get back to their days and start being upset about Luke Cornet? I can never <laughs> pronounce his name right. Cornet, Cornet, Corn- Cornet. Yeah, that's the that's where
0: he he openly says the green cornet nickname kind of falls apart cuz it's cornet. Yeah. He, he, he did say he likes it. So, um so we're, I'm still going to call him the green cornet cuz I think that works. Um yeah, I just I think Jeff said it right off the top, one of my favorite sayings, I know Adam knows this, is I like to say guys are more name than game at some point in their career. And that's kind of what this is. But that doesn't mean Blake Griffin's completely washed up. And again, if he does turn out to be, all this was was ownership money spent. Um, this isn't probably gonna it's they're not probably its they are not going to run him out there so much that they, you know, lose uh ten games because of Blake Griffin or anything like that. The, if he does if he's not working, they'll wave him, they'll move on and they'll move on to whatever's next. So I just let's not overreact too much one way or another on this. This isn't Blake Griffin former all star, but this also isn't uh Blake Griffin looks completely terrible, you know. And if he is,
1: they'll just wave him and move on. I would have been uh, a lot more sad if it was Lamarcus Aldridge we were discussing. <laughs>
0: yeah he yeah I honestly, last thing I'll say is for what this team currently needs, I think Blake Griffin is probably the best fit uh for what the roster looks like it's shaping up like it needs at the moment for the next few months and not to contradict you keith but let's overreact let's have fun with this oh yeah that's, oh yeah at least basketball yeah. that we get to but have fun with it great that's the key have fun with it let's not go uh you know ma- maniac and then want to you know find the guy's house down because he didn't play well which that's going to happen too. i mean that's that that's the other end of overreact
1: right sure so this is what twitter needs to learn from facebook right because when fa- facebook <laughs> you can do like the uh you can be is feeling sarcastic so they always <laughs> read that post and they're like it's sarcasm twitter's so deadpan like i miss i, I get into arguments because i don't realize someone's joking or <laughs> well that should just be my default is sarcastic all the time so <laughs> and with that everybody i just want to say thank you to jeff and keith this was the all-star rotation with myself being the third wheel um so i'm really grateful for you guys both taking the time we should definitely do this again with celtics plug at all-stars we need to bring mr soya in here and we'll get some other people rotating in and out as well but for now blake griffin is a, blake griffin is a celtic who would have thought let us know what you think. Hit us up on our socials. Jeff at Celtics Blog, me at Adam Taylor NBA. And if you ain't following Keith by now, you're not a real <laughs> basketball fan. He's got more followers than Celtics Blog, hasn't he? It's wild. Put him on notifications. That's just to make my mom happy. <laughs> Everybody have a great Friday.
0: I ain't disrespecting you, hate. Is I ain't sweating your opinion. Y'all my patience. Never did it for a check. I've been impressed with the thing.